Hey guys, and welcome back to What's the Goss podcast. You're joined with your favourite hosts, Mally and Sadie. Um, today is episode two of season two in 2024. So we hope you guys are strapped in and ready for another episode full of your guys' dilemmas. But before we go any further, let's have a look at the question of the week for last week. Um, Sadie, what, so the question of the week last week was, how would you feel if your partner started regularly going to concerts with someone of the opposite gender whom you've never met? So this was a listener-inspired question of the week. So if you haven't listened to last week's episode, I highly recommend you doing so. We had somebody write in whose friend was actually in the same situation as this. So we guys, we thought that we would ask you guys what you think. So the options were not having it personally with two thumbs down, and it's fine, they're friends with a smiley face. Um, so the results were 40% of people said they're not having it. Uh, they don't agree. And obviously that means that 60% of people said it's fine, they're friends. I know me and Mally had kind of differing opinions on this last week. I was like, mm, not really having it to be fair. Um, and then Mally was pretty okay with it. So, you know, I applaud you for that. <laughs> I guess it's a difficult one, as we were saying, like, it's easy for me to say that now, but if it was actually my boyfriend doing, I feel like I would be a bit apprehensive about it. But yeah, interesting results there. Kind of what I expected, really, almost 50-50, more on the leaning side of it being okay, which I feel like most people would say until they're in the situation anyway. So yeah, we hope obviously answering that dilemma helped the listener last week. And yeah, if you have any updates, let us know. But we have had some updates on um last week's dilemma on the one about the mum buying designer the email actually came in yesterday so I'm really really excited for you guys to hear the response to that so the update came in and like I almost screamed when I saw the title that said update on fake designer scenario oh my god I'm so happy we've been sent in an update me too and we will jump into that in the next segment which is answering you guys's dilemmas Okay, guys, so kicking it off with the update from last week. So um, the lovely listener who wrote into us last week, if you haven't heard, then go back and listen to the episode. To conclude, basically what she said was um, she had a budget for her birthday of £2,000. It was her 18th birthday. um, And her mum actually ended up buying her a fake Louis Vuitton envelope bag and fake Ugg... um, Ta- what they called um, Tasmans. Yeah. Saw the email like confirmation on her mum's phone or on the family laptop or something, and yeah, she basically said, "How does she break it to her dad that he's paid a thousand pounds towards fakes that obviously didn't cost that much?" And she's just very disappointed because they don't look real. She doesn't want to wear them out because she knows people are gonna like think that she's obviously like wrapping fake designer, and she's a bit embarrassed about it. She said. Her family are very well off. It's not like they're struggling financially. She's seen how much money they've got in recent like weeks. And, um, you know, mortgage paid off, designer cars. Her dad's a tree surgeon, etc. So, yeah, the dilemma basically was how does she kind of like go about telling her dad she doesn't want to cause a rift between her family. But if you haven't listened, just go back and get the full story on last week's episode. So here is the update. She says... Hey girls, thank you so much for responding to my dilemma in this week's episode. I thought I'd give you an update to read on the pod like you wanted. Basically, I took your advice. I mentioned to my dad that I was worried about wearing the bag out because it's so expensive and told him how much it is. 
He then said, oh, well, things like that usually come with a warranty and we have contents insurance, so it should be okay. And so I asked him if he could ask my mum for the warranty details just to see what it covered and to add it on to our contents insurance. Following on from that conversation, he spoke to my mum who confessed to him that she had bought what she called a knockoff. She claimed she did it by mistake and thought it was a genuine one. My dad felt really bad about this, so he gave me his debit card and sat with me to order the real deal. In terms of the Uggs, she also had to confess to that because they were on the same order confirmation from Saramat. Thank oh. you so much for your advice. It actually helped me so much and my parents didn't argue about it. I think my dad believed that my mum had been duped. Lol. Thanks again. Love, a loyal listener. I genuinely think that's like the best possible outcome because... I really didn't really want to see your parents fighting over this. Like, obviously, it, it is kind of argument worthy because the main issue was that she pocketed the rest of the money. And I thought that we both thought that was pretty wrong. Yeah. But when you said there's an update coming in, I was kind of bracing myself for like, my parents aren't speaking or something like that. So it's kind of like a win-win situation. You've got your bag, you know, everything's fine. Your parent, Your parents are like, totally fine. So... Oh, I'm really happy. That's a very positive update we've got. So, starting with the next dilemma, guys. This one has a bit of an alarming subject line. So, it's uh, it reads, how do I deal with my cheating mother? Oh, my gosh. So, yeah. It says, the title is kind of vague, so please bear with me as I elaborate. I'm 18, so I don't think my friends are cut out to give me advice in this case, so I'll be in your care. This has not come as an intense surprise. I've long suspected that my mother was cheating. During COVID in 2020, my dad was a frontline worker, so there was no working from home for him. My mother is a housewife, so she was home most of the time. I assume, like everyone, she was bored and wanted to connect with people. One day, she was out with friends having coffee when she bumped into her old friend from school. They reconnected and he is around about 48 years old. With time, they grew close, connected on social media and evidently became friends. Now, I'm all for platonic relationships, so I don't really bat an eyelid at this. My dad is also progressive beyond his age and didn't seem to mind. But the thing was that they spoke a lot, an odd amount. My dad works 10-hour shifts at the local hospital, so he wasn't around much to see how much they spoke. It was odd, considering that the man in question also has a job, and she only really spoke to him when my dad was at home. My school naturally had shifted to online learning, so I was home all the time and could see that she was on the phone with him daily and for long hours. After a while, I noticed that she'd speak with him in her room and lock the door. It wasn't a normal voice call, they were FaceTiming. I did think it was odd, but I respect privacy, so didn't think much of it. Okay, so just to kind of sum that up, your mum has kind of reconnected with an old friend from school and they've kind of grown close when your dad hasn't really been home. Um, During COVID, obviously he was a frontline worker, so he wasn't around to see this, Um, but you've kind of picked up on it. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. This went on for a long time. I was busy doing teenage things to really care that much. Mind you, this friendship wasn't a secret, but the moment I began to suspect something was about a year later when he had to come to London for a business trip and needed a place to stay for the day. My mother was more than keen to help and asked my dad and he arranged a hotel room for him. He did this because he knew how important their friendship had been in curing curing my mother's loneliness over the COVID pandemic. 
it was a hotel room a few a few houses down the road from ours. The day he was staying over, as always, my dad was at work. Suddenly, my mother said she's going to Tesco, which was odd, as she rarely did that. Typically, my dad would go to Tesco after my after his shift. I was suspicious at this, so I looked at where she was going on the Find My iPhone app. And lo and behold, she goes to the hotel where he's at, and the hotel just so happens to be in the exact opposite direction of Tesco. I called her suspicious of this with the excuse of, Mum, could you please pick me up some ice cream from Tesco and ask her where she's at? She says she's on the way to Tesco, and while she clearly was not, she came back with a lie. After she'd come back, in brackets, with the with the food shop, and left the phone alone, I, while not proud of it, checked her chats with him and found a few messages saying, I love you, with a heart back and forth. <gasps> oh. oh my gosh. I confronted her. She seemed shocked. I don't remember exactly what was spoken as I was riddled with anger and grief and was crying. But what I remember clearly is her justification. It wasn't a romantic thing and they were expressing their love for each other as friends and whatnot. That's obviously bullshit. Yeah, that's really, really, really <laughs> not true. <laughs> I did not buy her bullshit, but neither did I have... Hold on. I did not buy her bullshit, but I didn't have concrete proof to establish that she was cheating. I hadn't seen enough of the messages. So I didn't bring this up to my dad. At the time, I did believe that there was a possibility that she could be innocent and I could be unnecessarily straining their marriage. My relationship with her did deteriorate after this as I didn't quite trust her enough. It wasn't as if I'd fight with her or was outwardly angry with her. I just lost respect for my mother and detached from her. After the confrontation, she deleted all of the chats with him and they didn't speak. A few months later, they somehow reconnected and started talking a little bit and slowly progressed into the same relationship that they had two years ago. I was conflicted. I was not certain about anything, so I didn't know how to deal. That uncertainty is no more. It was a week ago and I was using her phone to take pictures of my dog being cute. I have a habit of deleting all the subpar pictures and only keeping the best. I accidentally deleted a good one and went to the recently deleted folder to recover it. A few images down was a nude photo of her. I wasn't surprised. (laughs) If anything, I was surprised at her lack of effort for hiding it. Oh my god, I wouldn't want to. No offense, mum, if you're listening, I wouldn't want to see a nude of either. <laughs> that's traumatic to scroll upon. <laughs> Poor girl. That's so. Oh my god. Yeah. All this while, I'd wanted to convince myself to give her the benefit of the doubt. I was disappointed. I don't normally know how one is supposed to process this normally. I don't know what is normal for this case. Am I supposed to be angry and lash out? Or am I supposed to be sad at the thought of my family not being the same as it was? I feel so, I feel no strong emotion as such. While I do hate it, I shared that picture onto my phone and now at least I have some proof. That is all for the explanation. (laughs) Why are you saving it onto your phone, I suppose? Oh, God. Right, I I do suppose that if if it's more than 30 days from the recently deleted folder, it will get automatically deleted, won't it? Yeah, but I think I'd rather just not. (laughs) Maybe move it into the hidden folder, because I doubt she knows how to operate that. (laughs) (laughs) Although distorted, as for my current feelings, I do feel that my dad has a right to know. I'm not thinking about the consequences, as it would be the consequence of her actions, not mine. 
I do feel bad for my dad. My respect for him is unrivaled and I wish he could have had a better life than this. I do not know the reasons for my mother's actions, nor do I want to. If she wants to be so immature in her late 40s, I do not wish to know more about her. Now, as far as advice goes, what do I do? Do I tell her or him? I know for sure that how she will act if I confront her. Either she'll deny it, in brackets, somehow I have the photo, or try to guilt trip me into not telling my dad, as she's one cunning woman. I'm not worried about that. She can't manipulate me the way she did my 15-year-old self. Is the nude concrete proof, or should I try to find more? Okay, right. First of all, that's literally written as if it's a Shakespeare essay. So congrats to whoever wrote that, because, wow, the the English is Englishing. <laughs> um, but what I would say is, no, I off the bat, I don't think that's enough evidence. Anyone can take a nude for any purpose. I could just take a nude right now for my own personal collections you know what I mean like I could just take one of myself for that like for gym progress for um I don't know like anything she could use any kind of excuse like that's not that's no not kind of any proof really is it like it is a bit weird like I guess it depends on the nude like is it posed like what kind of photo is it I mean you could kind of use that as evidence like why have you got this on your phone but then she could also say oh I was trying to like rekindle a spark in me and your dad's relationship and like I sent it to him or like oh I was gonna send it to him or like print it off for him I don't know like you could use any excuse like she's already lied to you a few times so what's gonna stop her from lying again I think like do not tell her because I think that this is only gonna give her time to like bury the evidence and to spin the narrative and like guilt your dad and you for maybe like accusing her I think that Speaking to her before you speak to your dad would give her time to, like, manipulate the story, if you know what I mean. Yeah, I definitely agree, actually. I think you've kind of got a hidden weapon, really, with this (laughs) your mum's nudes on your phone. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Like, she's not going to be expecting that, and no one would, so... Um, I think the way that I would probably go about this, first of all, this is, like, a horrible situation to be in. It's awful. There's so many layers to this. Um, But I think, like you said, I think you've said it yourself, really. The best course of action is to speak to your dad first because, like, you're this poor man. Like, he works 10-hour shifts at the local hospital. He has no idea that any of this is going on. Obviously, I can imagine, like, their communication isn't great anyway if she's kind of seeking out um, this kind of attention from somebody else. Like, obviously, she's a housewife. He's a frontline worker. Their communication probably isn't great to the point where she's feeling so lonely that she should go out and seek it from somebody else like that's not an excuse but that's likely their relationship dynamic um judging on their careers but I think that this he has a right to know what is actually going on um I think that you need to maybe sit down have like a casual conversation with him and then just say that there's something that he needs to know like make sure he's calm and then just show him maybe like the evidence you have maybe maybe don't show him the evidence first Maybe explain to him what you think is going on, how you've seen this happen over the years. Um, and then if he's kind of in shock, disbelief, show the photos. Because I think that this really isn't something that you should have to sort yourself because at the end of the day, this is their relationship and this is something for them. I don't think that you should play a part in having to fix this for them. I agree. I think it's a tricky one because you've said your mum is a housewife and your dad's the one who works. So... Um, unless your parents are married which I don't know if they are or not um, 
your mum's going to be in a bit of a tricky situation if they break up, isn't she? Like, she's not the one who's working. She's not got... She might have savings or something, but it sounds as if your dad is the, you know, the breadwinner in the family, the one who brings home the money into the family and everything. You know, the situation might be quite difficult for your mum if she hasn't really got any rights to anything. Like, if they're not married, if her name's not on the house, etc. Like, she's completely screwed if they, if your dad just decides, like, look, get out my house. You've been cheating on me. Like, I trusted you. I thought you were friends. Like, I even booked in the hotel for him to come and stay for work purposes like you know I thought this was very much like you know a casual friendship not what it's clearly you know formed into so it's very difficult like you're going to see your mum in a very very difficult situation if you tell your dad about this and do you want that realistically um sometimes there's a lot more to adult relationships than like oh she cheated he cheated like it's a lot more complicated they could be in a loveless marriage like your dad's doing a lot for your mum, like by the sounds of it, but like in terms of earning money, but is he giving her a lot of like love and affection? Is he like there for her? Mm. I don't know, but does he have the option to be because he seems to be working a lot? So it's a lot more than meets the eye and just like straight away off the bat, like, oh my God, like she's in the wrong. Like obviously it's wrong what she's done if she has cheated on him, but you never, you, there's always two sides to the story and your dad might not be as innocent as you think in all of this. So try and stay out of it I would say to be honest um I don't think telling him is going to help in any way sometimes ignorance is bliss and it sounds really bad because you think like your dad deserves better and everything but realistically like what what is like what is better like would this be better like would a painful divorce be better I don't know I think I really don't know if it was me I really don't know because my parents aren't together so I've never had to experience anything like that um I would be very conflicted like I would want to tell the other parent that this was happening but I don't know if I could bring myself to be the reason that they like broke up even though you're not the reason like you said like you shouldn't feel any guilt because it's your mum who's like put herself in this predicament um it's still a difficult one to be honest and I think if your dad is 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 meant to find out like he will by himself you know what I mean I don't think you need to be like the vigilante kind of thing in this situation because it's only going to make your life more difficult and their life more difficult to be honest mm. speak to your mum and say like if you don't stop this I'm going to tell dad like I know what you're doing I've seen the nude photo I've got it on my phone like if you don't cut this man off and stop this now I'm giving you the opportunity to then I'm gonna tell dad and he's literally going to kick you out the house and like do you know what I mean like yeah like that I would say like I don't think there's anything wrong with confronting your mum because at the end of the day I won't be able to keep it to myself like if I bottled that up I would be very I just feel like it was eating me alive so I would definitely say to her like I'm giving you the opportunity to cut this off um, giving you the benefit of the doubt that you were lonely, that maybe dad hasn't been affectionate to you and he's not been there for you emotionally. But I'm telling you now, if you don't cut this off, like I'm going to tell dad. And then she's faced with an ultimatum then. If she doesn't do what's right, then you go to your dad, I guess. Yeah, I do totally get that. But I feel like she has been given that opportunity before. Like earlier in the dilemma, she does say, like she said, she texts on the phone saying, I love you. She kind of like talked her way out of it she said oh no it was saying I love you in a friendly way and she swore to tell the dad one day but like she never did this is two years later and she's still sort of doing the same thing 
I I do agree with you in terms of like giving your mum like an ultimatum, like a serious one. But I also do think maybe your parents could benefit from having this conversation. Like, why is she feeling the need to seek external validation from other men? Like, maybe this could be not necessarily like a breakup, because obviously in a marriage, in a marriage, it's not as simple as that, like you said. But maybe because this hasn't flourished yet to the point where it's physical, I don't believe. I know she says she might have met, like, yeah, met but, up with her, but yeah. I think like. That it could go further than this but if now this daughter does bring this up he does find out now before things go any further perhaps this could still be recovered within their marriage I think that if it was allowed to progress I think that it could be worse if your dad found out that she was having a full-on affair but then again like this guy literally came to stay in their city for apparent work purposes like that probably was a complete lie and her going over and visiting him in the hotel is weird like why did they not go out for a coffee or something instead like why is she gone back to the hotel room that is yeah so I personally would be of the opinion that it probably has escalated you know to something physical um sorry but if you're saying I love you on text you're telling me there's nothing that's happened in like behind closed doors in a hotel I don't yeah about that so I think, yeah, you've given your mum the opportunity to, before to confess, but it doesn't sound as if you really worded it like as solid as you could now. It mm-hmm. sounded as if it was a bit like, what is this text? And you just let her play off. But don't let her play off this time. But she said, I know you've been having an affair. I've seen the nude photo on your phone. And that combined with the I love you message, like there's no convincing me. I know like I know what you've done and I know dad will believe me. So you either cut it off and I watch you that she send him a message right now saying like you can't do this anymore and that she's blocking him and like you know or or I'm gonna tell dad yeah exactly oh your poor dad um obviously he's the one that works your mum's the housewife like it does seem like he really does do a lot for your mum obviously we don't really know the other side of the story like Molly said you know he might not be innocent in all of this you know they could be in a loveless marriage there might be a reason why she has done this not that it justifies but there has to have been something that's led up to this point, if you know what I mean. Yeah. But, um, you know, I think that we have given quite a good course of action there because from the sounds of it, it doesn't really sound like she thinks she's doing anything wrong. Like, she's not even really doing a very good job at hiding it. So Yeah. I think if you give her a chance to admit it and she doesn't... Um... Sorry, if you give her a chance to cut it off, then at least you know you can say to yourself then, look... I gave her a chance and she still carried on. Like, she obviously just doesn't care about my dad at all if she's going to disrespect us all like that. And then, you know, you're not feeling bad then, like, oh, should I have said anything? If they do break up, you did give her the opportunity to stop. And if she doesn't stop, then, you know, she knows what's going to happen. So, yeah, 100%. Well, let us know with an update what ends up happening with this. Obviously, this is quite a serious dilemma. Like, this is very serious in comparison to some of the other ones that we usually get sent in so if you do feel comfortable sending in an update please do so but we wish you all the best with that one okay guys so moving on to the next dilemma this one says hey girls i'm a weekly listener to the podcast and i need your advice Me and my boyfriend have been together for five months. I recently introduced him to my mum and dad. I thought it went really well and they seemed to have a lot to talk about and my boyfriend was really polite and made a good impression. However, when he left, my parents called me into the kitchen and told me they needed to speak to me. 
They expressed to me that they didn't like him and that he's not good enough for me. I asked them why and they had no valid reason. The only reason I managed to get out of them was that he doesn't have a good job. But we're both 22 and I don't have a good job either. I literally work in the co-op. I don't understand their reasoning. (laughs) (laughs) I literally work in the co-op. I literally work in the co-op, guys. Come on. (laughs) Honestly, Slay, yeah, there's nothing wrong Anyway, so we are both 22 and I don't have a good job either. I literally work in the co-op. I don't understand their reasoning. Is there more to it? Should I care that they don't approve? Do I take this as a sign to break up with him? Please help me, girls. I'm so upset that they feel this way and I don't know what to do now. Oh, how bizarre. Like, you know what? I usually do say parents have such a good, like, sixth sense when it comes to their kids and who they bring home, whether it be friends or boyfriends. Like, I definitely do trust my parents' opinion. However, that's only when there is backing behind it. I would totally get it if there was a solid reason behind it. And maybe you could take that into consideration. But if the only reasoning they've given you is that they don't think he's good enough for you, a lot of the time that's something parents will say anyway. Like they usually don't think anybody's good for their like darling child. Unless there was some sort of like unjust reason why they think he's not good enough for you. I wouldn't really take much notice of this at all. Yeah, that's the thing is it's not like there's something in particular like he has a criminal record or he doesn't work or he's got no ambition. Like you said, he literally just has like a normal job. Um, You didn't say what it was, so I can't really say whether like they have a reason to have a problem with that. But you literally just said that um, the reason the only valid reason that they managed to get out of them was that he doesn't have a good job. But you're both 22 and you don't have a good job either. So it's like, why would they expect you to find someone who has like an amazing job at 22 years old, which is still really young when when, you know, they're not expecting the same thing from you? Like, why are they expecting someone to have such a good job? Like you're 22. This probably isn't going to be the person you're going to marry so why does it really matter what job they have do you know what I mean like are they thinking this is going to be your future husband like you've only been together for five months so should you really be worrying about what his job is like maybe he's got big aspirations um and like you know he's going to build a career in whatever field he's doing but at the end of the day he's just he's 22 like it's not a big deal not everyone has everything figured out I'd say no one does really at that age so yeah, it yeah, kind of I just can... seems like they have unrealistic expectations of this. Like, they did. It's not like he was rude or anything. Like, even you thought in the gathering that they got on really well together. So, I I would kind of understand it if maybe he'd said something like that was a little bit rude or standoffish towards them, or maybe something like that would have triggered this sort of reaction from your parents. But it doesn't seem like you thought there was anything like that. At least not that you picked up on. And if there was something like that, you would expect that to be their reasoning, not just like, oh, we thought he wasn't good enough for you. So, yeah, a bit of a weird one. I don't think that I would take their opinion into consideration on this matter. I totally get it if they had valid concerns, but they don't. Yeah, definitely. So her main question was, do I take this as a sign and break up to him? And I would say, no, you shouldn't. I don't think um, you also said, should I care that they don't approve? No, I don't think at this stage you should. At 22 years old, you're making your own decisions. You can't be relying on your parents to tell you who you should and shouldn't be with. It would hurt my feelings and I'd be like, well, that's weird because I like them. So surely anyone I like and you can tell that I have feelings for you would, you know, you would make an effort to try and, you know, look past any sort of initial, you know, 
thoughts of concern that you might have if they're not serious um so I would say no I I don't think you should um break up with him at all I think give it a few more meetups a few more times he comes over whatever and I'm sure they'll honestly start liking him like imagine you break up now like for no reason like I'm sure in a few months time they'll they'll honestly warm to him so much like parents can be a bit standoffish at first especially if it's like a first relationship or like you've not had many boyfriends or not introduced many people to them they might be very like standards very unrealistically high um just judging him for everything when you know after a few months they'd they'd get to know him they'd get to know his personality what he's really like because obviously the first time he meets them he's going to be a bit more reserved he's not going to be his full self so maybe when they see his full self like you do um they'll really understand why you like him and that'll be a lot easier for them to understand then um what all the fuss is about like why you like him so much yeah like what Molly's saying I think this is this is just like a lack of information from their half they don't know enough about him to make a judgment so they're automatically assuming that it's bad that he's not good enough for you when that's probably really not the case and to be fair to you like you have been together for five months like you are clearly sure about him and enough at this point to introduce him to the parents he's not just some guy that you've been dating for like not even a month and you brought him home to the parents like you are clearly sure that you've made sure that he is suitable enough to bring him home to them so yeah I don't really understand that but I think that they just need to get to know him a little bit more definitely yeah just just give it a just give it some time and everything will be fine I'm sure give us an update in a few months to let us know um whether they've warmed him or not or whether you know things have ended between you two because i'd really like to hear to see if things do get better because it might be good for other people listening who are having doubts about their partner maybe their parents haven't really liked him on the first occasion that they've met as much um or they're expressing concerns as well and it might be good to see you know which way it goes whether they do warm to him or they don't so yeah give us an update in a few months time i'd love to hear back i absolutely love it when people like give us an update on things because it feels like it feels like you can kind of like close the chapter then do you know what I mean like I can I I know the end result it's not just like a mystery to me so I'd really love to know so if you write back in in a few months with what's happened I'd love that Okay, guys, going to the last dilemma of the day. This was actually sent in this afternoon at two o'clock, just in time for recording today. And I really think that this is something that a lot of people that are listening can relate to. The title is FOMO in my 20s. For anyone who doesn't know what FOMO means, it's fear of missing out. So like missing out on social gatherings, anything like that. It can really be applied to anything that you fear you are missing out on. Um, So this one reads hi mal and sades i've been listening to your podcast since episode one i know you guys through instagram but i don't really want to reveal my name hence the fake email address as this is a bit embarrassing to admit so i did read this first paragraph and i think this is a great idea i know that a lot of people that are listening do know us personally or through instagram but might be a little bit embarrassed to send anything in this person's actually sent something in through like a fake email address. This is great. This is a great idea. If you want to speak to us about anything, get completely unbiased advice, please send in something through a anonymous email. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Like we'll always keep everything anonymous 
um you know on the podcast anyway but if you don't want us to know from the email address then you can of course just make up a random email address really easy to make an email these days um but you know either way even if you send it in on your personal email like we're not going to be telling anyone like telling our friends telling our bloody mum their neighbor's dog like do you know what I mean it's all kept very like private we really do pride ourselves on like keeping this very much agony aunt like confessions you know what I mean like we're not going and telling people who have sent these in so please never be embarrassed but yeah it is a really good idea and to be fair if I was writing into a podcast I would probably make a fake email address as well especially if it was someone local because it just gives you peace of mind that you know you can get completely unbiased opinions on it but either way we will always be unbiased like to be honest we don't look at the email address half the time that's getting sent in like we might have heard a similar name but we probably wouldn't even know who it was still unless it was literally like someone in our close friendship group um but yeah no I'm I'm really really like really really agree with the idea of like yeah if you feel comfortable writing in with your own email address then that's great but if not you can always make a fake one as well 1000% it says I am dealing with massive FOMO in my 20s I'm 22 living at home and didn't go to uni like all of my friends I work a a full-time job and I'm an only child all of my friends went off to uni and we drifted I see all of their Instagram stories as well as the stories of others I went to secondary school with everyone looks like they're having the best time parties nights out massive friendship groups I just never really knew what I wanted to do in life. So I just feel like I'm stuck working a dead end restaurant job with no friends, no social life and massive FOMO about what my life could have been like if I went to uni. I live in Pembrokeshire and literally nothing happens here. All the young people went off to uni and I'm left here doing nothing. If you have any tips on how to make friends or to start enjoying life a little more, please share. P.S. I love your podcast and find it so relatable. This is the only place I feel comfortable sharing this. Oh, that's really sweet. Thank you so much for sharing that with us. I think honestly, this is something that's not spoken about enough. I'm seeing it spoke about. I'm seeing it spoke about a little bit more on TikTok now, but it might just be my algor- algorithm. But honestly, FOMO in your twenties or just not knowing what you're doing with your life in your twenties is like the most relatable thing that just isn't spoken about. It's a very taboo topic in a way to some people, but I think it needs to be normalized, like completely normalized. I think it is, but people just like to pretend like they're doing a lot better than they are, which is why people are not like the first to admit that they're struggling a little bit with like who they are, what they want to be, and especially the fear of missing out as well. Honestly, I experienced FOMO so much in my life. Um, I still experience it now. Like it's a completely normal thing to feel. And uh, it's it's difficult. There's a couple of ways I can give you some advice to get around this. Um, The first one before we like jump into like how we've experienced it and like other sort of solutions. But the first one that I've actually done myself is Bumble BFF. And I know this is something Sadie has done as well. And honestly, guys, don't be embarrassed about, um, you know, going on these kind of websites, because at the end of the day, if you didn't go to uni like I didn't or you've moved up to somewhere new like Sadie has, um, you know, you're not going to know everyone you're not going to there's not going to be an abundance of people around you that you know that you can hang out with that you're mixed with that you're forced to see like you would be in uni it's very much up to you to like make those connections and in the day and age where everyone meets like a partner online what is the what is the problem and like what is the taboo about meeting friends online as long as you're being careful and you're not meeting some like random 30 year old man from like 
Swansea in a van, like, <laughs> you're fine. Like, do you know what I mean? So I have made friends on Bumble BFF. Um, you know, I've been around um, their houses. Like, we've gone on walks together. Like, I've made really good friends on there. Um, and there's just no shame in it at all. So I would definitely give something like that a try. If you are, if you have got a partner and you're worried about them thinking like, oh, why has she got Bumble on her phone? It is like a whole other side of Bumble. Like it's literally called Bumble BFF. Like you set it to friends only. So don't worry about that because I did download it thinking like, oh my God, is my boyfriend going to think I'm like on dating apps or something? <laughs> but no especially considering you met on a dating app as well yes considering we met on tinder i was like this looks a bit sus but no definitely recommend downloading something like that that's a really good way to make new friends um and the amount of people i see on there is like surprising and people who were popular in school and stuff are on those apps like you never know like just because you were popular in school doesn't mean you're popular now or you've got loads of friends like it really means nothing to have been popular in school And to be honest, like one thing I will say as well is like this whole uni thing, like uni isn't actually all it's made out to be. The people who I speak to who have been to uni and who go to uni have all said to me that it's way overhyped, like the way that they portray it to be online, on TikTok, on Snapchat stories, whatever, is like so much it's it's not like that like in reality it's it's lonely you're away from family you're living in not very nice accommodation a lot of the time you're probably skint and you're at the end of the day you're there to learn you're going to lessons every single day and no one shows that side of it they only show them going on nights out every night in freshers week well that doesn't last long that lasts a couple of months and they tie themselves out and it's just very mundane boring life at uni like don't get me wrong I'm sure they go to a lot more parties than me and Sadie do because we both work full-time just as you said you do as well but at the end of the day you've got to think to yourself and I had to tell myself this as well like are they really having a good time when they're there like would I be really enjoying myself if I was going to these parties all the time And I think the realistic answer is no. Like, I would genuinely get fed up of it. It wouldn't be good for my bank account. It wouldn't be good for my health. Like, I know it sounds boring as someone who's 20 saying those things, but I think it's really good to be realistic about things and not compare yourself to what you see online because what you see online is, like, a complete facade. Like, if you actually speak to people from uni, I guarantee if you have a proper chat with them, they're not having as much of a good time as it looks like they are. Yeah, definitely. I I 100% agree with all of those points made. This is a feeling that I guarantee everybody, whether you went to uni or not, this is something that every single person has felt in their life, especially our listeners. I imagine there's a lot of people feeling like this. So thank you so much for sending this in because I think this is a discussion that needs to be had. Um, Me particularly, uh, when I was 18 or 19, I moved up to North Wales, which is a completely different area. Like I grew up in Pembrokeshire, like what this listener said they had. Um left a lot of my friends from secondary school to move up and I think that when all of your friends kind of go off to uni at 18 you you can just kind of feel like you're stuck a little bit because at that age all the friends that you really made unless you're into some you know cool extracurricular activities the majority of the friends you make are from school and those friends are kind of like forced to choose at 18 what they want to do for the rest of their life and that's kind of why they're going to university I think that a lot of people once they finish university at the age of about 22 they are going to feel this exact same feeling we're just experiencing it before they have really like a bit of like confusion what do I want to do in my life you know they may have had different opportunities but we're kind of in the real world right now where we kind of have to navigate this without 
directions from tutors or peers or you know I think that that's something that they're going to experience a little bit later so I wouldn't feel like you're missing out on too much because I think this is something that everybody feels um in terms of like what to do really some things that have definitely helped me was just getting to know the area you say that you're in Pembrokeshire and that seems to be where you grew up and you say you know us so I'm assuming you are from the same sort of area that we are um definitely I know it might sound a bit cliche or you know like generic advice definitely either join some fitness classes or just like maybe like a netball group in your area because I guarantee it might be intimidating at first but if you hang out in the same sort of area consistently like weeks on end you will meet people I've met people through my local fitness class that I go to every Monday like people my age just because I'm there all the time and you end up interacting with people that you might not usually interact with and I've made friends through that way so that's really great because people can kind of count on you to be there and you know you become familiar to people too so that's definitely something that's helped me in a new area maybe also you do mention your job I think that at the moment because you're really not enjoying your job that's leading to a lot of like confusion in terms of your future direction so I would say maybe look at starting a new job because some of the best friends that I've made in my life have also been co-workers and I think it's very easy to make friends with co-workers so if you are really serious that you're not enjoying this restaurant job you're kind of just there because it's habit definitely look for a new job maybe explore some new interests like what are you more passionate about are you more passionate about maybe retail I know that Pembroke is also quite a retail based area like hospitality retail so maybe look for like a shopkeeper's assistant job or like in a boutique maybe you'll meet some like-minded people there and that could lead to something exciting because I feel like in your life through this dilemma right now it does seem like you just need a bit of a change so I don't know I think maybe like a career change could also help indirectly to like the social life you can meet people through that way yeah definitely and yeah I just think exactly what Sadie was saying as well is uh, uh, people who are in uni at the moment like no one in uni don't take offense to this but in a way uni is kind of like putting adulthood on hold a little bit and kind of like extending your teenage years to a certain extent because you're you know you're getting those opportunities to party you don't have as much responsibility as somebody who's moved out and is working full time like you are kind of putting a pause on that and for some people uni are the best years of their life like they have a really good time and for other people they don't enjoy it as much it really just depends person to person um but in a way you are kind of it's that in between stage you're not in school but you're not you don't have the responsibilities that you'd be having um you know work you know working and living away from home and things like that so it's difficult because these days in uni people do have to work because student loans just don't reach further and far enough within the cost of living crisis so what I'm saying might not be as relevant as it used to be but for sure I definitely think that uni is that in-between stage and I don't know what it would be like to go to uni in just the same way that people who are in uni don't know what it's like to live my life you know they don't know what it's like to go to work every single day work a nine to five come home make dinner you know go to bed pay bills do you know what I mean it's not the same you're not surrounded by friends you're not surrounded by parties and things like that it is very mundane and to be honest that's just life like it does sound a bit boring and like sad to say and I suppose for everyone it's not but realistically everyone's life is a bit boring it's not a movie every day it's not exciting parties every weekend and I think a way of kind of you know feeling better about FOMO is kind of accepting that 
um not every single year or every month is going to be fun and exciting like to be honest I honestly think it will come around for you because it has for me like in school I didn't get invited to parties like um my mum was quite strict when I was younger about going to things like during COVID especially like I definitely felt FOMO a lot there will come a time where you're like this is a really good time in my life and I would say that has it has picked up for me for sure like I still live a mundane life don't get me wrong but like you will have months that you you do enjoy and things start to pick up and I think it's just putting yourself out there and making plans as well like if you want to go on holiday go on a solo trip do you know what I mean you don't need to rely on other people I think being comfortable in your own company is like a real flex to have these days and it's not something that I used to be able to do I would honestly feel like I needed to distract myself 24 7 when I was alone and I think that was kind of a sign that maybe something inside of me like wasn't complete you know I mean I needed to work on my self-confidence and my self-love and now that I've worked on that I'm so comfortable like being in my own space I'll go like you know go around town by myself I'd even go for like a coffee by myself like you know in 2024 I'd love to be able to go to the cinema by myself and things like that like really build on spending time with yourself so try and work on enjoying your own company but also that will probably lead you to feeling more confident and feeling like you can really um kind of like put yourself out there like definitely get on some friendship apps just message some girls on Instagram like it sounds so so scary but you know the way I actually met one of my best friends Casey is through Instagram and when I first saw her on Instagram like she went to a different school to me I thought oh my god she's like one of the popular girls like I'm really like I don't want to message her like I'm genuinely scared to message her which is so funny now and I messaged her saying like oh I think we're going to the same college and our friendship just kind of like slowly bloomed over time and now like we're best friends so you know it's it's something that can progress over time and you might end up being close friends with people that you never thought you would be so just put yourself out there because you've really got nothing to lose um and if it's a situation where nights out and things just aren't coming your way then yeah like Sadie said a change of scenery could definitely help with that maybe changing jobs like if you're not in uni and you're not in a career that you particularly want to pursue then there's not really a huge risk in changing jobs is there like just do something different just see if you enjoy it you might meet more young people although I do think hospitality is where a lot of young people who didn't go to uni work so I would have thought that maybe more opportunities would have arose from that um like with my job now like there's there's not any opportunities like that honestly I'm the youngest where I work by about well like six years and then like 10 years so although I'm good friends with my colleagues like we don't meet outside of work you know so I would say it's difficult because any job you have you might not bond with those people I've worked in hospitality and it didn't really form any any like you know friendships that have lasted past me you know leaving the job so yeah I I don't think there's really much we can add to that I just I think it's so relatable and I've really experienced it myself so I hope some of the advice that we've given can be of help to you So guys, it's the end of the episode, but we thought that we would do a little segment on what we're currently doing to like beat the January blues. It's actually horrible outside. Well, it's not horrible. I woke up this morning and I obviously live in North Wales. It had snowed and it was beautiful, but it was also absolutely freezing. I spent about 10 minutes trying to like 
get all the snow off my car which was really annoying um and I know that this month can be really tough for a lot of people because it's just after Christmas you know Christmas is so expensive um and there's like blue Monday everything's just kind of crap in January everything's shut all the restaurants are shut people are a lot more miserable than usual especially in the UK so you know I think that there are definitely some things that you can do to combat that um me personally I'm really enjoying watching like a movie in the evening with like a hot chocolate and sitting by my fire I think that that's definitely giving me something to look forward to at the end of the day um I'm actually watching I'm not sure if you've watched it Mal um is it Fool Me Once on Netflix have you seen with Uh Michelle Coogan Yes, honestly, best way to beat the January blues is finding a good series on Netflix. That's what's been getting me through January. Along with some other exciting things, I am going on holiday twice this month and hopefully buying a new car, which is very, very, very rare for me. I say that as if it's like casual. This is like going to hopefully be the best month of my life. (laughs) Turning 21 on the 1st of Feb, hopefully buying a new car this week and going on holiday twice within the span of three days which is like honestly I'm, I'm not someone who's like traveled or anything so I'm not someone who's traveled or anything so it's honestly like a big deal for me but in terms of a normal January what I would normally be doing to get myself through it and what I have been doing just on a day-to-day basis because yeah coming home from work it's dark it's cold the electricity bills going up it's just not a vibe so I have been binging series as well I have been watching Fool Me Once I finished it now I loved it and I loved it so much I've become very obsessed with Michelle Keegan and I've actually just watched nearly all of Our Girl or Our Girl on BBC iPlayer so that's free you don't have to have any kind of payment to watch BBC iPlayer I didn't think I would like Our Girl that much because it's all about the army and I've never really been like big into that but genuinely it made me want to join the army at some point so I was like this is so good like (laughs) it doesn't glamorize it there's literally people's legs being like blown off and stuff but just like the family dynamic that they have and like the team dynamic and everything just like yeah I just wanted to be Michelle Keegan in that moment but although it is really sad but it is a really good season as well like it's sad in times uplifting at times like juicy in times like it's really good so definitely recommend that. And there's loads of good films out in the cinema at the moment. So you could definitely go and see um, anyone but you or Saltburn or Priscilla's coming out soon. There's like loads of really good media to watch at the moment. Yeah, definitely. And to be fair, that's definitely one thing you can do in January, if anything else, because that daylight hours are so short. One of my biggest tips that I've been doing at the moment is like trying to actually make the most of the daylight, like when it's sunny. I really don't like when it's so dark in the evenings because it leads to me feeling so tired and it does definitely lead to decreased mood, I would say as well. Like I definitely notice a difference to how I am in the summer versus the winter. It has, a, I definitely think it has a lot to do with the sun. Like I just feel so tired without it. So maybe I know um, a lot of us obviously work full time. I certainly do. Mally certainly does. Um, but even if you have a lunch break, instead of sitting there on the phone, I would definitely recommend, I know it's cold outside and we make excuses, but just even just going for a walk in the sun, that tends to really help me. Um, it won't be warm and it probably won't be pleasant, but just having like 15 minutes of fresh air during the daytime is nice because we don't get any before work and we certainly don't get any after work because we're all watching uh, For Me Once. So just try and have that 15 minutes of like mental clarity, put on a good podcast 
aka our podcast and just go for a little walk if you don't like walking and things like that by putting on a podcast or some music and like bringing bringing a flask with you of like tea or coffee or hot chocolate it really changes the dynamic like I know a lot of people like a good hack which I always do which I guess it's weird because my boyfriend had never like really considered doing this but one thing that I always do is if there's a chore that I don't like doing I always do something that I enjoy at the same time so like if I'm tidying the house or like washing the dishes or something I'll always put a podcast on on the background and then I actually enjoy doing those things because I'm like oh this is a good opportunity for me to listen to my podcast etc so it's actually so good to um you know have something like that to make you look forward to certain tasks that you might not usually enjoy and I guarantee like the thought of going out for a walk is like not something that you want to think about but then when you actually do it you'll feel so much better for it and it's only 15 minutes as well you don't have to go far it's literally just getting a bit of fresh air getting a bit of like you know the outdoors nature is so good for mental health and like just walking in general clearing your head it's really really good to take a take a little walk um each day or just a couple of times a week if you can I'm not somebody who does that regularly enough um but we have actually started walking on a Monday in work um so I work with Sadie's mum for you guys who don't know (laughs) and um we basically all go on a walk on a Monday now, which your mum organised. So that's so sweet. She got so excited when she came up with that idea as well. (laughs) (laughs) It's honestly like, it is really nice to do something um, after work as well with colleagues, like kind of talk about the day rather than just going home and kind of just like some people dwell on things. Me personally, I do lift chairs. So me and my colleague always kind of like de-stress and speak about the day on the way home from work. But some people don't have that, um, you know, luxury. They go home to maybe like an empty house or, you know, whatever. And they don't have the opportunity to kind of like vent about their day. And sometimes that's really good to do. It really does get things off your chest as well. So, yeah, maybe just like watch some stuff on Netflix. Maybe make an effort to FaceTime some friends if you can't see them in person. Um, January is still about, I know people are on a health kick, but come on. It's all about, um, you know, um, sitting in front of the TV with a hot chocolate, like Sadie said, you know, getting yourself a nice packet of biscuits, like just the little things to pick you up in January. Like, who cares if it's not healthy? If it makes you happy, then that's good for your mental health. So mental health is probably just as important as physical health anyway. So yeah. I'm not against some nice uh, muffins or something. Speaking of like mental health, I would say one thing that a lot of people make the mistake of in January in particular is making like New Year's resolutions that they can't keep and getting quite down about it. Like I know certainly there's the, oh, I'm going to be more active this year. I'm going to, you know, go to the gym every day at six o'clock. And, you know, you're two weeks into January thinking, oh, I can't be bothered. And you end up feeling useless then. So I'd certainly say, you know, February, if that, if you are a victim of that, which I think a lot of people are, maybe try again in February but with less ambiguous ones kind of set like I would say going forward set a tone for the month not so generic set like a goal um maybe some small wins throughout the month like oh I would love to do a 15 minute walk like three times a week or something like that um keep doing things like that throughout January February March the colder months can really help you towards feeling like you've got some sort of direction and you've hit some small wins throughout the month so that definitely gets the mood up I know certainly me, um, I wanted to get uh, back into the gym in January, but you know, there's some people who set some crazy goals and they can never stick to them. Um, I've definitely been guilty of that in the past and you do get very down about it. So 
I can imagine what's the date today it's about the 16th of January so some people might just be starting to fall off track with their new year's resolutions so try and avoid aiming too high be realistic with yourself and don't get too down about not being able to stick to them just um just take care of yourself really exactly yeah so I hope those tips helped you guys in any way so yeah I hope you guys have a lovely week and we will see you next Tuesday Bye, guys.